Hey everyone, we want to thank you for joining us this week for the last message in our Forming Us series. For this final piece, we spent time learning and putting into practice how we are formed in communion with the Lord and with each other. Here at Mandarin Baptist, communion is something we truly cherish as we take part in it together. We believe it is not only commanded in scripture, but also helps our church feel like a family. So join us at the table as we read God's word together. So in the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, I would love to gather at the table today and praise the name of the Lord our God. And so um, I think that just taking a few minutes and pastor speak, that's, that's a, a few minutes, and setting the table for the table, that would be powerful. And so um, it's a great day. It's such a good day to be here and to worship together. Um, our hearts are full, and, and I'm, I'm, my, our row is full today. Uh, as a family, you can celebrate with us for just a moment because we have family that are kind of rolling in all day, and some of them, like Luca, came with Lauren and Lion this morning, are kind of on our row, and we're celebrating 60 years of marriage for my mom and dad today. And so just join with us in that little moment. I am happy y'all got married. <laughs> I think, that, I think that a lot of us are byproducts of that, so we're celebrating, and so um, it's a beautiful day for us to just gather. We're going to gather at the table in so many ways today, and I can't think of a more joyous way to gather at the table with my family, and not my, just my biological family, but every one of us. It's just to center our hearts around the, the body and blood of Jesus, and what a beautiful, beautiful truth that we share together, and so you know, the church is just really intended. We've been, in fact, talking about this for a few weeks as we came out of our kind of our anchors as a church and said, so we should form and ponder how we are forming as a body of believers for the sake of the kingdom. And, and I mean, it's kind of intended as the church to shed abroad the love and grace and hope of Jesus. And so that's really who we are. And this table is, is defining for us. And, and as we kind of been sharing over the last bit, we're formed for this, um, this blessing. We're formed for this generations, just being passionate for the name of Jesus and declaring that to one another. That's, that's why we are. That's who we are. That's what we're formed to be. I don't, I don't know if you've pondered the ending story of last week's message as much as I have. I have just the kayaking story going down the Ocoee, the wonder of that moment, and the guy just saying, look, I'm, you see the young guy over there? You see the young guy over there? They're new here, but I am 64. I've been doing this for 30 years. If you'll roll with me, we're in this. And that, to me, was the personification of the generation blessing that we're praying for as a church. That we just look at one another and say, I've walked this road. This is a journey I've been on. We're going to walk this together. Many of us have walked in broken roads and we can, sh can walk with people and how that's been restored. We're walking painful roads and we lock arms together. It's just this beautiful generational reality. And we're, we're kind of forming in some ways we've shared and saying, Lord, we want your spirit to be clear here. So Lord, warm us up in your spirit quite literally today. 
warm us in your spirit. Um, we want to amplify the name of Christ, declare his word. We want to form as a people who are faithful in prayer. Like we pray as if we desperately need God. So that's, that's just kind of who we are. What defines us is love. And, and we're formed for the gospel and we're known for grace. Like the hallmark of the church is welcome. You belong here. If you were in the midst of a small group this morning, we are Hoseas who are seeking out to declare the redemptive story of God to a broken world. That's who we are. That's what we're about. And we're, we are coming alongside and saying, Lord, would you use us? And so Paul, in the fifth chapter of the book of Romans, he talks about the table and, and what it means to be gathered at the table. In verses 6 through 8, are powerful, and, and I just was reading again this morning, and um, I would be so remiss if I didn't give you some context of the scripture, and so backing up, because he's like saying words like for, and therefore, and this is all built on the reality of the, the Abrahamic covenant, and the beauty and wonder of who Abraham was, and his relationship with God, and how if you venture back into the fourth chapter, it was credited to Abraham through faith, righteousness by God, and they got kind of excited about that. Like we would be sitting here right now going, Lord, we are righteous people credited through our faith only in a holy God. So we are made new through Jesus. And the whole church just kind of goes, yes, Lord. We're so grateful for that. And then he carried out of that saying, this is what it means to believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. Therefore, he will raise you from the dead. You were raised for justification. And then he moves into chapter five and it's five of the best verses in all of scripture. I'd say that a lot though, because I just, every time I read scripture, they're five of the best verses, but these really are. So you've been declared righteous. You have peace with God through Christ in his blood. Wow! I mean, are you kidding me? So out of that credit of righteousness, out of peace with God, out of knowing Jesus, out of being known by Jesus, you're going to walk through some difficulty in this world. And here's what I want you to know about this, that you're going to rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You're going to stand in the midst of afflictions. You're going to endure in the middle of them. I will make proven character out of this. There will be hope that's produced out of this. And this is one of my favorite verses in all of scripture. This hope that we hold in the middle of the pain of life, in the middle of the credit of righteousness, will not disappoint, for it is banked on Jesus Christ himself. Wow. So welcome to worship. And it leads right up to the table in verses 6 through 8. And so I kind of set the context for these words. For a while, this is now verse 6 of the fifth chapter of Romans. For a while we were still helpless. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. It's rare that you will see someone die for a just person. Though for a good person, perhaps some might even dare to die. But here's the fulcrum. Welcome to this table. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Whew. Thank you, Jesus, for the truth of this scripture. And so if, if, if you sat down in the seat and just rested for a moment, 
it would become quite restless. It would feel like you feel like now. It's icy cold in the seat of reality as we face Jesus and say we're going to sit at the table. So let's sit at the table knowing that what we bring to the table is not attractive. And so instead of my words being about that, it's not attractive at all. You were, you're helpless. You are ungodly. You're unjust. This is, this is what you bring to the table. We're mired in sin according to the scripture. This is what we bring to the table. And so we then transition into verse 8 where it says, So how great is the love of God for us? How powerful is the mercy of God for us when this is what we brought to the table, when we sat down at the table mired in sin, impure, ungodly, and if you really want to branch further in scripture, dead apart from Jesus. He says, Christ, he shed his love for you on the cross. He loved you in the middle of that seat and he did not love you to keep you there, but his blood washed you white as snow. His body was broken so that you could be forgiven. He lifted you out of that seat and he has set you on holy ground. What a great Lord that we serve and what a table that we sit at together. And that's why we sing these songs. We, we may not dance, but something needs to be jubilant in our hearts. We're just saying, Lord, this is the table that we sit at. Are you kidding me? This is what I gained. So I'm chatting with Faith the other day. Um, Faith was singing just a little while ago. I went and stood beside her. And um, she is um, launching in with a group called Navigators at, uh, at UNF. And, um, and I, I just immediately responded to that. This will confuse some of you because I'm a, an Alabama fan, but I went um, and had a master's degree from Auburn University. All the Florida people are excited to hear that right now. They're having like a go-gator moment. And so um, I went to Auburn and I immediately was invited to the Navigators and I immediately acknowledged that I was extremely busy. And then, and then, and then they said, but they serve a meal every Tuesday night. Okay, so an impoverished grad student where they serve a meal every Tuesday, glory to God. <laughs> I'll pray over that meal and I'll go, I'm living off, and this is gonna date me just a bit. This is 1992 or 93. I'm living off of the Taco Bell, listen, the 29, 39, and 49 cent menu. <laughs> Anybody have any recollection of that? The 29 center was painful, y'all. I mean, it's, we, <laughs> I have middle school humor running. I'm just going to tell you what was on it and you run with your mind. But it was the bean tostado and the bean burrito. Roll tied to that. And so it's, and, and then stepped up from there. It's, it, but the 29, we made, I made $300 a month. That's all I made. So believe me, the 29 cent menu was awesome. But when Navigators said, would you like to eat a meal with us and study Jesus? I joined in. And while I was there, something happened. It was magical. One of the leaders said, we're a part of a church. Would you come visit with us? And this was the, we're going to have dinner on the grounds on Sunday. <laughs> this is a double win. I'm praising. Is anybody like having circumstances where you would revel in this? I'm reveling in this. This is exciting for me. And so I accepted their invitation on Tuesday night or Thursday, whichever night that was. And I was ecstatic to show up. 
And then I'm, I'm just studying, and it really is a busy season of life. Um, you know, it, well, I was going to make a joke about Alabama. I can't do it. And so um, it was a super busy season of life, and so um, I, I just didn't have time. And so I completely forgot about it until Saturday night, and then it struck me through the gift of the Holy Spirit that um, and I should be at church tomorrow. And so I was, and then I would get dinner on the grounds tomorrow, and I was, and then that hit me. My wife is a senior at Alabama. I have not cooked a meal because Taco Bell which, by the way, right now I fear is going to take 10 years off my life, has been my only dining experience for the last three months. What am I going to do? And so I did what any great grad student would do. I went and found, and I had only had, and I didn't have the true chip that I have now, but I only had a half-empty bag of chips. And so I had no shame. I stuck goldfish in, and I showed up for dinner on the grounds. To the shame of my mother, who is an ultimate cook, and she's wondering, I trained you for better than this. And I showed up for dinner on the grounds, and I walked in, and I had a bag, no kidding, similar to this one. It might have been the oversized bag, just so I could impress them. And I handed it off to the group of ladies who were setting up, and they hugged me. They hugged me, like a true hug. We're so glad you're here. You brought this. We're going to break it off and feed everybody. <laughs> they treated me like royalty. This is not, I mean, this is a true story. They treated me like royalty. They took it and like they put it down. I can't, can I put it on a communion table? That feels awkward. <laughs> yes, it fits. They put it down right there, like in the middle of the table, like it belonged. I mean, this is a table of corningware. This is a table of like hot dishes and stuff and it's all going on and I'm going. And they said, people will love this. <laughs> I felt so wanted and I felt more than any other point in my life. This is my place at the table of Jesus. Like seriously, this is Romans 5.8 in a nutshell. I come walking in with a few twigs and a little bit of goldfish and my little self saying, here's what I bring. And the Lord says, this is enough because I am enough. This is my table and you bring nothing to it. Bring your scraps. I've got a feast. This is a table of grace and goodness and glory and wonder. And for all the proud in the room, you have nothing but a bag that you brought in in light of the glorious wonder of the cross of Jesus. And you drop it down on the table and he says, this is enough because all I really want, Mark, is you. And I felt so welcomed in that. And I felt so moved in that. And I love it. I, I just jotted this sentence like they handed me a plate and this is just your walk in Jesus, and said, fill it up. And they thanked me for everything that I brought. I think Paul wrote it this way. He said, we're at this table. We're not here from our offerings. We're here at the request of the king. If you think you stumbled in this morning, welcome to Jesus. You're here at the offering of the king. You may have come because of something in your life. You may have come because this is what you tend to do. You may have come because someone said, would you please come sit with me? You may have come to celebrate the 60th anniversary of your grandparents. You may have come for a lot of reasons, but ultimately Jesus has you here to hear this, that this is what you bring and you are welcome at my table. It's a table of grace. It's a table of goodness. And here's what I would say to you from Jesus, that God has proven his love at his table. And that while you had a small 
bag of goldfish. You're mired in sin and you were bankrupt. Christ died for you. So welcome to the table. We came impoverished and we will eat today like champions. It's a table of undeserved grace. And consider this. As we think about the table and what it means to be a part of the table and how God is just good for us, this isn't just the table. This is our table. It's our table. We're sharing in this table together. I want you to maybe venture back and think about some of the first communions that were shared and just consider what they would have been seeing because this, when they shared in communion and they gathered at the table, this was not a distance, distant for us. This was not distant for them. They were sitting at the table of the cross having for many of them experienced the cross in the early church. And if not experienced, they are one generation from and the 64-year-olds are sitting there saying, if you could have seen it, if you could have understood the power of the shaking of the earth, if you could have seen the wonder of the splitting of the, the veil so that we could all see Jesus for who he is, if you could have understood, and we're, in Romans 5, we're not even there yet. We're still arguing about this. But if you could have under, if you can understand what it's going to mean for every tribe and every tongue, for every people that will walk this planet, if you could get this, you would sit at this table and you would know. How amazing is this? This is our table. And I believe fully they didn't remotely grasp what our table meant. But they were pulling a seat up and feasting on Jesus. Pull up a chair at our table and let's feast on Jesus together. It's an undeserved table of grace, so welcome. Consider this, consider this. Jesus had a profound impact on every person at this table. His death on the cross and resurrection were very real and very tangible to every one of them. And they followed that example, and this was normative for them. If you think about the early church and gathering a communion and why he said to do this often, my question right now as I'm saying this is why is that normative for them and not yet normative for us? Nothing has changed. This is the early church. We're still a part of it. Consider this. That is our table, and as a part of their gathering, not only would they celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but they would also celebrate the death and burial and ultimately the resurrection of many of their friends. A part of communion would be looking at one another going, oh, I miss, and they would begin to share names, many of whom had been sacrificed, beaten, and put to death. It's not just that they in the church sensed that they were remembering the body and blood of Jesus, but they as the church at our table were understanding the sacrifice that we would make to advance the name of Jesus. It was normative at our table, at his table. Imagine what it would mean to them when they gathered with a few who shared their mission and who worshiped Jesus for who he is and what he's done. I put this on the screen. Imagine sitting at the table and breaking bread with the people who love you unconditionally. Let me just, you read it again and let me say it again. Imagine sitting at this table now. You're gonna gather here. Just, just in your little mind, however you wanna fit in, I think of about eight sweet older ladies who were grabbing my bag of, of golden flakes at that point and putting their arms around me and saying, you belong. Imagine being loved unconditionally at this table. That's the call of the body of Christ. That's the call of us as a faith family, to be loved unconditionally at this table and, and breaking bread with those who loves you and whose lives have been upended by Jesus just as yours. 
This is a good table. The formation begins and ends at this table, and what I mean by that is this entire series of teaching, prayer, being a people of the word, faith, advancing Jesus, all of that is formed here as a people of the communion, as a people of the cross. And so if we're going to form up, let's form up well at the table. There really would have been at that table a pause to remember friends. I I, I pulled out, I have six or seven um, different v- book of martyrs and, and a couple came out about 20 years ago and I immediately just was drawn to multiple stories of present day people who were being martyred. Um, and, and then I was drawn to the story. I could imagine the early church just looking around one another and maybe reading uh, some of Paul's words and just thanking God for Stephen. And just go, you know, as we gather and as we prepare to break off the body and blood, Stephen, Scripture would say, uh, he is my joy and my crown. That's what his name literally means. Stephen, who, uh, who the Lord stood for as he was standing in the middle of a broken world and being pelted with rocks. They would have just started to look at one another and say, as we partake of the body and blood, let's remember Stephen. And then they would say, like, Stephen had a life that was short, but oh, wow, was it powerful. Like, the guy who's writing us right now, he, he held every he held every jacket that would be fitted around the arms of those who were stoning him. Our table is filled with grace-filled warriors who impact people who are far from God and in their grace-filled passion have drawn them to this table. Paul's at our table. Is this not crazy? Welcome to the table. That's the stories around the table. What stories should we share as we gather at the table? We form here, remembering that Jesus has broken his body, that we could find life in him. We drink in just a moment, remembering that his blood was shed. And he did this so we could stand before him as a church and as a people who are free. I, I, I can't list everything, but I'll jot a few down. We're free from sin. We're free from shame. We've sung about this today. We're free from guilt. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, we are free in him. We are freely forgiven. We are fully whole. We are complete. We are redeemed. We are restored. We are a purposed people. Welcome to the table, church. So here's my invitation, and then we're going to sing, worship, commune together around the table. Here's my invitation. Come to the table. Let's pop it up on the screen right now. Come to the table and bring your chips. Seriously. There would be wonders that would happen if we would lower our pride and be a people of humility at the table. Lord, I don't have anything that I bring to you, but you. That's this table. Lord, any great goodness that is advanced in the world will be advanced because we are a people who are yours. That's his table. Father, I will feast like I have never feasted before, and my chips will sit in the middle of that feast. That's his table. Welcome.
Here's my closing thought, and I'll read a scripture, and we will share in communion together. Communion isn't solely intimacy with Jesus. It's also our love for one another. That's why he asked the church to do this often. Communion is healing ground right now. I just put an empty table on the screen. If you have that picture, you can put it up, Stephen. I put an empty table just to say, welcome. How will we fill this table? What will this look like? Jesus, as they prepared to share in communion before the cross, had literally washed his disciples' feet and said, this will be the pattern of the church. You'll serve one another. You'll lay down your lives for one another. He planted the seed that this is what it will look like, and then ultimately he fulfilled it by going to the cross and giving himself so that we might find life. And then he said, go and do this. Often. Often. And so I put a question on the screen, and then I'd love for the table to come back up. Not only am I willing to love Christ as the king of the table, but am I willing to love those in this room? Am I willing to love the body of Christ that far exceed this room in the same way that Christ has loved me? So the scripture says this. The scripture says, you should come to the table, but do it with... I have 50 words that just ran through my head. Don't come to the table lightly. Come to the table with your life exalting the cross of Christ. To fulfill Paul word, Paul's words, come to the table boasting only in the cross of Christ. For in the cross, the world shrinks to me, and I die to the world. And I think equally, don't come to the table with brokenness abounding in your life. Personal sin or brokenness in relationship. But come to the table with the privilege of saying, Lord, What would you have for me? So here's the welcome. While we were helpless, at just the right moment, Christ died for the ungodly. God proves his love at this table, his love for us, in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then would we not want to proclaim him? So welcome to the table. Thank you again for taking some time to listen to what God was doing here at Mandarin. We want to encourage you to come by on Sundays at 1030 for our service. We believe God is powerfully at work and wants you to be a part of what he's doing here. We hope you will join us next week.